Hello, everyone. Welcome to Contact Loss, the Polish podcast about Warhammer 40k and the competitive scene, both in Poland and abroad. I'm your host, Quick, and today with me, I have my uh, co-host, Joker. Hey, guys. And today we're going to be discussing probably one of the most, most debated and heated releases of codexes in the recent times, the codex that was supposed to break the meta, the codex that was supposed to change it all, the mo- one of the most anticipated codices in the recent past. We're going to uh, look at it from the competitive point of view and to give us their accounts of how the codex plays and is it good, is it bad, is it ugly. We have uh, Vladi. Hi. And Tiffles. Hello. Hi, lads. Thanks for joining. Um, so both of you, are seasoned players using different flavors of Eldari, Inari in the previous edition, Harlequins, you've done it all, Joker also proficient with Drukari, now switching to Eldar, so it seems. So I have three tremendous experts to talk about the new codex. Before we get to that, um, let's just maybe quickly summarize. Vladi, what have you been up competitively? Uh, sorry, what have you been up to competitively in the recent time? Um, what have you been experimenting with? What uh, have you been doing? Uh, actually, I was taking a break a bit. I'm, I'm going to a bit. F- I started to be a bit fed up with 40k, uh, with meta, with. Uh, the the way the games workshop um, you know tries to balance the game if you can even call it like that uh, I find this, the game to be unbalanced and uh, boring at times uh, so I um, made a quick uh, a short break from playing a short uh, short break from international sparrings uh, now I'm getting back into it uh slowly with a new elder release so I, I played a few games with new elders now i'm thinking about uh, taking gen zero cults to next big tournament uh, i'm getting into that into all that again now so stampede no more well uh, I, I, i'm saying i just said i'm taking break like mm-hmm. i, I want like i want a tournament like I know a month and a half mm-hmm. ago with Stampede. Uh, Stampede suffers a lot um, if you want to play a stable game, meaning uh, if you you can't win the game in one or in two first turns, then you start to struggle a lot with Stampede. You don't have uh, small units that are capable of uh, good trade-offs. Yep. Uh, you, you don't have uh, small units to you can sacrifice. Uh, so if your initial uh, initial hit uh, doesn't break the enemy, then you start to suffer. And with a uh, new chapter approved, uh, the cost of those hitting your most hitting units increased. Uh, that means that uh, your um, the heating power in the first two turns uh, kind of got weaker, and yeah. because of that, uh, the stampede is not as powerful as it was as it used to be. two months ago. Uh, moreover, moreover, the uh, inclusion of, of new armies uh, since uh, since two months ago also changed the balance for stampede a bit. It's simply it simply got worse. Uh, there are, there are armies that 
better counter it now. Now with Harkins, with Eldars, uh, previously with Houston Tau, both all those four armies um, have all the tools to deal with Stampede. Yeah, uh, they have a lot of answers. <laughs> because of that, uh, I'm still thinking about it. I will probably prepare a 2000 army to be battle ready, but but not in like month uh, in the next month because well we all know that uh, there is a tyrannid codes coming so uh, thinking too much uh, or investing too much time in preparing uh, stampede army uh, uh, in, right uh, mm -hmm. with those ca changes uh, is pointless now because yeah. everything can change with a new codex so it's not worth to invest time and money in to building up the army now all right Tifus, same question to you. Uh, what have you been up to recently? Uh, more playing, more planning, more scheming? <laughs> what have you been doing? Well, let's say I was after the last tournament that we and Vladi played at. Vladi was first, I was third. Uh, I got fed up with the game as well. Like I played Drukari then, and I felt dirty. <laughs> and now, I wouldn't feel as dirty with Drew Curry as I would feel with Harlequin, so that's just like foreshadowing of what I would talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's later. not get ahead of ourselves, but, uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been more trying to keep up with what's happening, but I didn't feel like playing with the new armies. So I was just looking over what guys are playing, what guys are thinking about, and trying to keep up to speed when it comes to team composition. So we had like three ma international matches lately. Uh, so I've been doing more of that and trying to see how the meta actually changes without myself checking out the meta. So yeah, I I, I would love to play Curry or Harley's nowadays, but we'll see. I kind of don't like both armies with how they play right now, so it's a tough moment for me. Okay. So, yeah, by the way, to our listeners, if you are interested in how the international sparrings on TTS went, let us know in the comments, because we might actually make an episode about that. But, well, yeah, we, we want to hear from you if that is something that you would be looking forward to. Um, Joker, uh, how about you? You've been quite successful recently, and you have been tinkering with the elves as well. So tell us all about it. Yeah, I've actually been playing quite a lot, uh, contrary to what our guests here uh, have mentioned. Uh, but or I wouldn't call it too much of a success. I mean, I also had the chance to participate in one of those sparrings Tiffus mentioned, uh, although my game didn't go pretty well. Um, so that's that. Still got quite a lot to learn. Uh, so I don't think you should be putting me uh, alongside Tiffus and Vladi as an expert. I'm more of a uh, you know the rookie that wants to absorb what they've got to say uh, rather than. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're tagging give. along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and yes, I have been trying the new craft worlds, uh, at least so far, only the craft all bit of the Eldari Codex, uh, mainly because I got kind of bored with Drukari. And I think that's also probably the best way to just understand what the faction's capable of and just trying to play some games with it and then it's easy to understand what it can do and how you can counter it if you're playing something else mm -hmm. and with the wonderful well wonderful air quotation tool that is tts that is easier than ever 
absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, thanks for 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 that intro. Now, uh, to, guys, what we're going to do is we're not going to do a book review because ain't nobody got time for this. Uh, what we are going to do is we're going to get the account from Vladi, Tiffus, and and Joker on uh, probably what works best in the book. So we are going to firstly look at um, clear uh, Craftworld Eldar, oh, sorry, pure Craftworld Eldar. Then we are going to jump to Harlequins. Um, so yeah, let's 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 get right into it. So I'll start with Vladi. Uh, in our pre-show conversation, you said you 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 had a chance to take them for a spin. You had a chance to try them out. Uh, you also had a, had an opportunity to discuss this with like top players in Poland on Discord, with Tiffles, with Duda, uh, other guys who are sporting Eldar and are quite um, familiar with them. What are your impressions? Um, and maybe, you know, can you tell us what would be your top picks for now from the Codex? Okay, uh, first, unlike Harlequins, which Tiffus will talk about in a minute, uh, Kraftwald Eldar seem to be a reasonably balanced army. The Codex is uh, strong, it has many interesting options, uh, a lot of useful units, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't seem overpowered. It seems powerful, very powerful, but not overpowered. Uh, I don't think it's it is gonna break meta. I'm not. I don't think it's gonna dominate tournaments. It is gonna be in the top. I uh, there's a huge possibility some big tournaments uh, across the world will be won with uh, Crypto Eldos, but I don't think. Uh, it's gonna be like it is now with Tau and Custodes. It's not gonna be like that. Uh, it's very much on a reasonable level uh, with very with a few very hard hitting units, but at the same time it struggles a bit at some areas. It has expensive transports um, uh, that are very vulnerable to fire. <laughs> the, the craft world transports uh, cost like, uh, uh, like I don't know, 150, 170 points, and they are defensively, defensively uh, weaker than Harlequin boats. So there's that. Uh, anyway, there are a few a few interesting craft words uh, to pick from the book. The main two we've uh, we've been talking uh, in our community the most uh, are Ultwe and Bieltan. Ultwe is more of a toolkit because its uh, army trait uh, gives you a, diff a number of different boosts. Uh, while uh, Bieltan is simply designed to kill, as it gives you uh, a simple rerolls and uh, the access to more rerolls. Uh, so uh, those two are uh, the most crafters that we the most look at at the moment. While the rest are okay as well. Um, probably at this time, uh, with the book being so fresh those two most obvious options uh, come to, to, the, to, to mind you know, uh, first, but I think with time we may see some other craft words also being looked at. So, um, uh, but at this, at this time it's built on and, and uh, Ultra Ultra gives you the, uh, the boost to your uh, magic phase, to your, to your psychic phase, 
it gives you one in the real world. Um, it gives you very important six plus invulnerable save, uh, which you can uh, use to save your units who are using strands of fate. Uh, the new army-wide rule for craft of elders. That six is very important because uh, you can, with strands of fate, you can use those uh, the four out of out of four six dices that you roll at the start of every round. Uh, and if you roll sixes with those dices, you can use those dices to switch to to get automatic six out of mm -hmm. the roll. So if you have six plus invulnerable safe, you can uh, just you know use this dice to get automatic uh, six on that safe and save you from dark lands or something like that. This is extremely important mechanic uh, and that makes the very useful uh, in the codex. But at the same time, um, Bieltan uh, has uh, everything useful uh, that is craftful specific. Uh, the, it has a very useful stratagem. It gives you uh, exploding sixes on aspect warriors. It has a very useful uh, relic that gives you real uh, of psychic powers. And it has a very useful uh, trait that gives you one uh, chapter master rule uh, to a core unit. So uh, also a very useful craft word. In terms okay, of wait, wait, uh, wait, wait a second. Yeah. Let's let's uh, ask Tiflis maybe uh, if, if about his first impressions because for now we are f still focusing on those first impressions and then we will get into the nitty gritty of it. I would like to hear what Tiflis and Miha also have to say. So, uh, Tiflis, your your first take on the codex. And we're talking uh, pure craft uh, world. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there is one craft world that we will never see, and that craft world is named Inari. <laughs> uh, so we've got that out of the way. So I'm I'm glad we've done that. Uh, and about the rest of the codex, I won't lie. As I said, I knew I, I'm trying to keep up with the meta. But when it comes to deeply understanding armies, I try to focus on one. So I didn't really look into Eldar. I trusted Vladi and Duda to dissect that army to the smallest pieces and actually figure out something. So I won't lie, I, I haven't even read the rules. I was yeah, like, that's fair. Th those, those guys will know. And at some point, I will watch their games and I will know what's needed. With mm -hmm. how much rule bloat, rules bloat we have in the game, I can't afford to keep up with everything. Yeah. So, so let's take a, a, a second to laugh at Pumba because he has to. But we don't. Um, so, Joker, uh, a question to you. We played a game yesterday, uh, My Tyranids versus your Eldar. You chose Ultway. Uh, you had an army composition from your previous game with Danny. Um, you had a specific army composition. You didn't take many of the brand new toys uh, that they received, like the new, I don't know, Avatar or the uh, Rangers on bikes or something like that. So what drove or what, what, what was the reasoning behind, behind your choices um and how did you enjoy it uh well i wanted to just give a spin to some units test how they uh fare and uh most importantly i wanted to see if it's needed to maximize the potential you can get out of strands of fate so i did specifically build around that so uh like vladi mentioned before that you roll six dice and you get to keep four of those as automatic sixes on relevant rolls. uh 
with the tools I took in the list, you actually get to roll seven dice, keep five and uh, re-roll two of them in the meantime. Uh, that is in the most preferred scenario. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that mechanic is just, it's its really great, especially the automatic six on charge roll. It's, it's a blessing. Yeah, it could uh, be a game changer. But again, would you say now, having played two games with them, that this is a broken mechanic? Or is it uh, something that actually, you know, gives them the edge and makes them competitive and should, you know, remain like that? Because it feels like Miracle dies, uh, you know, taken to the next level. But is it too much or is it just right? I mean, it's hard to be objective for me at this point. Uh, like you said, I've only played two games, and uh, I mean, it's really good, and there's no denying it. Is it broken? I mean, it's still a little bit random, uh, although you usually get what you need. Uh, so, I don't know, it's just right, fair? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I'll just comment, uh, you know, I, I won't have much to say about Elder, apart from the fact that I, I really didn't feel overpowered yesterday i felt that you played great and it was more about the pilot than the army uh and what the elder do to me just seemed mildly infuriating <laughs> because the, the 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 um the dice that you've mentioned they were changing a lot of um you know they were changing the balance of the game at some time um and they have nifty little perks here and there that uh you know uh, can take you by surprise, like a minus the charge here, or no perils on on fire series or something like that. Stuff that you would count that would help you during the game as an opponent, but it's not there because Eldar just have a mechanic that denies it or something like that. So as I said, mildly infuriating, but definitely I, I didn't feel overpowered. But now I, I would mm -hmm. say that the strands as a mechanic. I've read that one. Mm -hmm. There's that um, strands as a mechanic feel obviously stronger than Miracle Dices, uh, but how powerful Miracles were previously, uh, with how much power creep we've got in the last few releases, I think the strands are actually kind of fine, mm -hmm. and I really like them because they let you to plan your whole turn and kind of do stuff accordingly and it's not like in build that in sisters you always knew that in two turns you would have like eight dices generated so you'd you'd have that charge on 12. you don't really know that with strands like you might not get that dice and i actually kind of like it because it makes you adapt on a turn to turn basis what you will do which I think lately the game was kind of lacking, that you kind of knew what was happening, and most of the games were very similar to each other. <laughs> so I like that in the sense that a better player will use the strands better, and even singular invul on six, that you know that you will be able to pass, can turn the game around, because you know that opponent will, for example, have to over... Overuse, I, I don't know. Overcommit. Overcommit, yes, thank you. So opponent will have to overcommit to killing one unit because they know that if 
the first, let's say, Darklands fails, then the second would fail because you would pass that six plus invul, then they would have to overcommit. So I, I like the mechanic as, as, a, as a mechanic. I don't know what's your take, Vladi. Well, it's simple. It's a very powerful mechanic. It's a extremely, uh, for a competitive player, this is what actually the strands of fates are the rule that got me back to playing this game in like this month or two, especially on TTS as uh, I've been attending big tournaments, but, but I stopped playing on TTS. And with that mechanic, that got me back because uh, this is a mechanic that, are, that is perfect, that is designed and destined to be good in a good player's hands because as you said, as you mentioned, it lets you plan to turn. And it mitigates most of randomness you will you can uh, meet while playing your turn. Uh, if you want a decent, uh, a, 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 a sure charge because uh, you, uh, that you need, you can uh, roll automatic six on advance and then automatic six on charge that lets you plan the whole turn without any risk. You can get an automatic pass of a psychic test so that you can get plus two to charge and then you can get automatic six on charge. This gives you an automatic plus eight to charge, which gives you an automatic charge from reserves. <laughs> Automatic is the word you are looking for when you are a competitive player. Uh, so basically, this is perfect. And uh, it's an extremely turbo-powerful mechanic, especially in the hands of good player. And the fact that it seems balanced shows where the game is now. Because, like half a year ago, if any army would get such a mechanic, it would be considered a complete open bullshit. And now it just is considered, okay, that's nice. Mm -hmm. That's good. I like it. It doesn't seem that much, but it's okay. Right? Yeah. So, so let's be honest. This is extremely good. But uh, with what we are meeting now with Tau, with Custodes, with New Harlequins, uh, it doesn't seem, uh, you know, too overpowered. Uh, yeah, everything I, needs I, a context. So. I played, I played, uh, especially if you consider that it is the army-wide rule for elders, the only one. Uh, dark elders at the same time get uh, six plus honorable save on first turn, turn uh, charge and advance on second with whole army, uh, plus one to hit on whole army in third turn. This is big too. So you have like four dices to, you know, overcome that. Uh, but uh, so with, with the, where the game went in last well, a year or two, uh, this doesn't seem overpowered, uh, but at the same time, it, it is extremely useful. This is a very, um, that, that is the rule that makes the difference to the codex. I think it's like miracle dices on steroids. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just, just remember, just for, for example, take a second to reflect on it. Like when the new sisters came in, uh, the dice, the miracle dice system was nerfed 
because it was widely considered uh, too much when the, as, as Stifus said, when on the second turn, uh, sister players were, had like eight, seven dices uh, on his hand uh, that he could use any time, any way he wanted. Uh, and it was nerfed. You, you can't get that much of dices now with Physical uh, Codex. And you have a variety, a variety of them. You have ones, you have twos, you have sixes, right? And now you get a mechanic that gives you from four to five automatic systems of the, the sixes, not one, two, three, four, fives. No, automatic sixes on any dice. And we don't consider that overpowered now. Come on. This is, you know, so as I said, it's a, it's a terribly good mechanic. And this is at the same time with uh, how much this, uh, with this power creep now, power rush. It doesn't seem, you know, too much. It doesn't yeah. seem that, that too much. Okay. And uh, what about the the other thing that they showcased on uh, Warhammer Community that, uh, I, at least in you know in the in in our local chat, uh, caused uh, quite a significant discussion. Um, Battle focus. I played against Joker yesterday. Joker, I can't remember you using that at all. Like. Uh, did you forget <laughs> well, is it just a, not that useful that is actually a completely marginal rule uh, because uh, it you can't use it when you advance mm -hmm. and most of shooting units are do not have that rule for example uh, dark reapers are, are are very expensive and there are well a, they have still addition uh, damage output in shooting, but they do not have this rule and they would uh, use it. Uh, it would be perfect for them. And uh, they don't have it. No vehicles, no uh, constructs have it. Uh, because of that, actually, it is useful only for a single unit in the codex. There's only one unit in the codex that is actually that uh, for, for which that rule uh, actually proves to be useful, and these are scud bikes. Scud bikes uh, for scud bikes. This is actually a good rule. You can move uh, to the line of sight and then jump back after you're shooting mm -hmm. uh, behind uh, lost blocking terrain. Though you have to remember that uh, when you go through area terrain of any kind. You get minus three to that roll, so basically you don't make the you don't make the move if you get through the rain. So you have to, you know, think for a second about how what you want to do before you make the battle focus move. But this is basically the only uh, uh, unit that really um, uses that rule in the in the codex that I uh, looked at. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about uh, you know all the other um, thingies that we get in it normally in a codex? Uh, how about the relics? Have the relics changed in any way? Are there any new ones, well, I, or are no, there the, the old ones? If you make me talk about relics and specifics, any standouts? We, we, I'm, I'm not talking about you know the entire. We will spend here a whole night, uh, and we'll talk, and we have hard cover, and I have a lot of. You know, I want to express myself about Harris. So, <laughs> you know, and you're stopping me from doing that. I'm, I'm just, you know, anxious to to skip the, to the craft words, craft word topic altogether and get to Harris because I, you know, I want to say 
um, bad things. Very colorful words. Who created okay. it, right? So, okay. So, so, so your wish is your wish is granted in then. Short, <laughs> in short, relics are good. Uh, there are some useful options, but they are not overpowered. There is nothing that stands out. There are something used, some useful options. I actually, I, in my list, I use uh, two, so I buy another one that mm -hmm. shows that uh, it's not completely useless. I, I, I use, I basically play Bieltan for for the moment. I don't, I don't play, don't play Ultra. I play Blade Bieltan. I take Bieltan Relic that gives you real to uh, to psychic powers and gives you another, uh, you can choose another psychic power for your psychic. This is a powerful toolkit for the Farseer. He gets two, he has, uh, he can pick two powers and for one CP he can use all three powers and he has one reroll. So uh, that the, 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 you can give this relic to your powerhouse uh, Farseer that has all the important spells that need to get, uh, that you want to get uh, on. Uh, so it's a useful thing, and uh, another one I take for for now I take a Phoenix Gem on another Farsi because I play uh, him more aggressively. He has um, Doom. He has uh, the power that gives you plus two plus two to charge, and that has limited range. So he plays more forward, and so I want to protect him for further turns. So I give him uh, things, gems that allows him to get back from being dead on two plus. Uh, from what I just heard, I think uh, Joker uses another relic that give that allows him to keep one dice, one strand of fate dice uh, more. So there are a few relics that are useful. You have to look through it. I didn't find any uh, damage dealing uh, relic that would that I would consider interesting uh, competitively, mm -hmm. but those um, those toolkit um, relics that are in the codex seem fair. Not all are very useful, but there is a number of them to choose from. Okay, don't, yes. don't worry, uh, don't worry. Harleys have damage relics. Don't worry. All right. So I, yeah, I, I want to mention. I fucking know. <laughs> Joker. Yeah, so like what I mentioned, I've been using the Weeping Stones, so that gives you the ability to roll one more Strands of Fate dice. And uh, I've been using the Ulfway-specific one, which is very similar to the Bieltan one, which basically gives you another power. And if you roll a 9+, plus, then the power being cast is undeniable. So okay. yeah, there is some utility. Yeah, so, so, so you see there are two two different lists and two different relics in each. So you can see that, that there are options to choose from. Mm -hmm. All right. I wanted to ask you one more question about missions in the codex, but I think we can forego that. We can skip that. And uh, uh, actually, I prefer huh? not. A short, a very short note on that. Uh, craft words are, have very easy to do, very good uh, secondaries in the codex mm -hmm. that are ridiculously easy to do. Uh, that are complete. Very actually, this is I think one of the most uh, overpowered pieces of the book in general. Craft words have easy to do uh, secondaries that are ridiculous. When you if you look uh, at the secondaries in different codex, uh, this is the big advantage of craft Okay. All right. Fair enough. 
Um, Don't worry, Harleys have an even better secondary. I, I can oh, sense okay. that okay. You, you just cannot wait. You're sitting on like pin the needle. You know, you got a foreshadow. Yeah, you, you yeah. See, we agreed. We agreed to this podcast so we can whine <laughs> about how stupidly good Harlequins are. And, and I told you that you will have that you to know. us. Whoever, whoever did that to whoever did this to Meta is is a moron. Okay, okay. All right, I, I think I, we, we opened the Pandora's box. So uh, who wants to go first? <laughs> I, I I want to preface it with one thing. I remember mm-hmm. like after after Drukari and Admech, I said that meta where Harlequins will be on top of the meta will be great because it will be very skillful. I fucking take that back. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I I lied. I you did this. <laughs> no, no. Like, I don't want this. Like, I've played three games. And God... So, so just just to to make a statement uh, at the forest, uh, let's say the Harlequins are overpowered. They're stupidly good. Uh, there are point-and-click armies. So, I mean, do you point at the enemy and he dies? Uh, and he, he, he can do shit to you. Okay, now go on. <laughs> yeah. I played some games with the racks with liquefiers in March or April year ago. And that army feels soft and very cuddly compared to what I've did the last few days. Like... No, like I, I, I even lost lack words. words. <laughs> I, I'm lost for words because who the fuck thought that giving your whole army fighting on death is a great idea? Jesus Christ, that is so stupid. <laughs> like, why? Please, Jesus janitor. Christ, you, next you time, fucking, you change aberrants so they do not fight after death because they were so stupidly overpowered and now you're giving it to a whole army. What a fucking moron you are. Who, who the fuck you are? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, And that's only the top of the iceberg. Yeah. Like, there's so much wrong with this army. Like, yeah, and like I, I, play, I played three three games so far and i played all of them completely brain dead aggression just to <laughs> see how it works on the table because i prefer first games when i play an, an army to play completely aggressively to estimate how much can i play like this moving forward and casto i tabled castos by turn two basically mm-hmm. uh, and Castos are one of those armies that don't really die, if you, if you haven't noticed so far. And Necrons, oh my god, poor, poor Necrons. Uh, and GSC, Wait, yeah. They, you tabled them in third turn, so they won't pick up the fight, come on. Yeah, they... Up. Yeah, like, to, to give you, like, I won't delve into, like, specific rules and explain why it's utterly broken, but one turn of shooting of 10 bikes in castles, charge of six bikes, shooting of two dreadnoughts, some charges of a captain, killed one boat. And just just to be clear, it wasn't it wasn't against some random guys. Uh, this is our best necron in country, and in our country, in Poland, that means something. So he's a top player. He he would be considered a top player worldwide. 
and he was like a you know a child in a fog against those hurricanes. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I I I can't do anything. <laughs> like literally, he I I I didn't feel it like this. Like when I see a new army, I cannot really estimate how strong it is until I play. And oh boy, I was wrong when I was skeptical about Harley's. Like with how much you get with nearly unkillable characters, nearly unkillable boats, and you can easily charge 30 inches away into your opponent's deployment zone with those characters. And oh well, you fight on death, right? So you might charge two our characters at once. One will kill one unit, the other will get counter-offensive. I mean, the interrupted. It will still and take then it will, And then it will fight mm -hmm. on death and kill that unit anyway. And nice. you, you just That's killed awesome. two crucial units in first turn without any sweat. Like, first turn, I just, I decided, yeah, I'll throw that solitary into Necrons, and I killed seven raves. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that, that was surely fun for my opponent, right? And then he needed to expend, like, few units of shooting, falling back everything into very uncomfortable spots on the board because I could obviously chase him because I still got that stratagem. And even then, he needed to charge it with something because after shooting like nine tomb blades, some destroyers, etc., he still lived on one wound. He then charged and he basically had to overextend so much while not playing the game correctly, Overcoming, not in a yeah. sense that Gito played it wrong. It's just it didn't give him space to do so. And it was like one model that just came up within his army one and he was fucking model for 100 points. Come on, for God's sake. Like I've played Drukari for like past few months and their characters are wet noodles. Like oh they're, they're okay, but Harkins are better. And you compare you read a lot of whining about uh, about uh, beaches, uh, about uh, about drugs, <laughs> and and come on, there are good, but Hulkins are better. So, well, we will hear yeah, a lot of whining they, about them. Yeah, Drazar the can only charge turn two, right? And he doesn't ignore invuls. Well, Harley can charge turn one and ignore invuls. So, so to just, make it better, ju just to make it clear, the guy has ten attacks. He can charge anything because he's a small infantry model with a lot of discharge distance. He and has ten attacks. Models. Strength, uh, yeah, ignores models. Strength six minus three, free damage if he wants, and ignores invulnerable saves. And he got, he had, he got rerolls because you have a die a hand handful of rerolls. So if you want to kill something, it will die. It, it is and basically like he has free plus free plus invulnerable save and Jesus. ignoring rerolls minus two to hit and oh, yeah. all that all that just so. obviously stupidly no fucking rerolls and minus two to hit yeah, yeah because that's balanced because so <laughs> he's for uh, 100 points 100 fucking points yeah like there's so many rules stack on top of these units and it's like even if you do not play against this version of Harley's that's fight that fights on death, 
because I guess some people will soup Harley's into like Drukari or Craft Worlds, they will take another mask that has very two balanced rules that I love as well. First of all, they can be from light mask and they will also have transhuman non heat rolls to make it even more fun. But yeah, if, it, and if it's not we, enough, when you charge them for one CP, they can fall back, uh, move six inches away from you, so you will not be able to charge. Oh, that's great so design. fun. Yeah, so and fun. we didn't even get to Void Weavers. Yeah, we, yeah, we <laughs> might guess. <laughs> yeah, we are like at the half of the iceberg. There, there's, there's more. You, you want to go on, Vladi? I, I think you love Void well, it's, it's very, it's extremely simple. Uh, uh, whoever thought it's a good thing, a good idea to make, to uh, um, price uh, in points uh, a unit that uh, disallows rerolls to hit, uh, it gives you uh, automatic minus one to hit, has four plus in bull number safe, uh, and uh, have two better dark lances and a lot of Daka uh, shooting cannon shots and whoever priced it on 90 points considering that is the price of uh, uh, orc uh, last cannon chicken in buggy or last cannon chicken that is on every fucking aspect every fucking artist two or three times worse than this model Whoever thought it's a good thing, it's a good idea to make it 90 points is an idiot, is a moron, is a fucking moron. This is this is a, this is a, a, an entry that should be um, uh, a, a fact. It should be given the first day fact to, to increase its points to 120. But surely like it was play tested. Yeah, I fucking play tested. Yeah, three years ago, as Tau was. Tau was play tested three years ago. Like, mm, that's, yeah. As you can tell, we have no salt in our veins. No. We are very positive Polish people. Yeah, very positive. Yeah. It was play tested, but by no one who actually had <laughs> nine void weavers. But uh, <laughs> we calculated the model points, but oh man, we are bad at maths. Oh, the, 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 the good, the only, well, uh, in brackets, uh, bad thing about this unit is that it have no uh, no access to reels to hit. So basically, in, uh, on the WTC tables, in most cases, it shoots you on four plus, but it has a lot of shots. Literally and unplayable. Is, <laughs> and this is, and it, and it is extremely durable. So basically, even you have a bad round of, sh of shooting, because even though you have a lot of shots, because you hit on four plus with no reels, then it doesn't matter because your opponent can get back to you with damage. So you get another round of shots. And in, at some point, you will start hitting on those four pluses and destroy your opponent utterly. Jesus. Seriously. Yeah, like, they're like, the strength of Harley's is in those characters and Void Weavers. Like, troops are obviously good as well. But, like, compared to those units, they are, well, they, they do not have rerolls to wound. They do not have plus one to wound. They rely on mortal wounds, which they deal a shit ton of as well. So, there's that. In case anyone was wondering. And if you want to kill them, they will fight you on death and kill you. So, there's that as well. Well, like that, you need like troop units itself 
isn't that bad when when you consider it play but all the rules that stack they are obscene like imagine having a rule that gives additional ap in combat and fighting on death for any other army in the game so so basically void weaver is at this moment the most durable thing in the game star weaver is... star weaver is 10, 10 points cheaper oh sorry yeah yeah cool. i That's needed nice. to correct you on that thank you thank <laughs> you for that so basically those boats are the most durable things uh, in the game now and this is funny come on this is funny these are uh, open top boats and they are more durable than heavy armored yeah. marines uh, counterparts so uh, but this is this is a general trend we talked about it in our community this is a general trend if something fluff wise is built of shit or or i don't know paper Cardboard. then it you can be pretty sure games workshop may will make it more durable uh, and uh, tougher than uh, heavy ar fluff wise heavy armored vehicles you can be sure of it. like ramshackle ramshackle gsc rough uh, rough build of those another drugs. ramshackle in against the cost gaps you gives you minus one to damage so basically, if you are built of shit, you'll be uh, tough in this game. And if you are in a fluff, uh, a heavy armored vehicle, you'll be easy to destroy. This is it makes sense. I don't know for someone, obviously not for me, but it. I don't know. I, I'm lost for words. Okay, so um, tell me this: um, Does it even make sense to mix those armies now? I mean, you know, soup, Eldar. And harlequins, or no, I definitely, I definitely will. Well, I will definitely. I mean, depends. Take, from harlequin standpoint, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From from craft of the just yeah, I will, I will definitely take that solitaire into my arm because he gives, he can do all that that we said without any relic because he doesn't exist, he doesn't have access to, and without any trait because he doesn't have access to. So basically, he only needs himself to do all that crazy shit we told you about. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, how about, um, you know, the practical use of those things? How about um, the, the, the amount of CPs that the army burns at the beginning? Uh, yeah, and, that, that, that's yeah. another great topic. Yes, I, I love that. So notoriously, hardly struggled with CP. Needed a lot of CP, but there is one great thing about needing CP. If your opponent is dead by turn two, you do not need any CP more. <laughs> you can burn them into turns. And if you combo them with Craft of Erdos, you can always get uh, a guy who gives you one additional CP per turn, just like that. And obviously, to make it more actually constructive, like this army, you don't need to buy any additional traits and relics you can stick with one troop master one shadow seer and one solitaire and you don't need to buy anything more than just the regular trait and relic you can spend one cp to buy additional trait on the troop master because he can have two uh, like the tyrants in all the swarm leaders big beasts mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. tyrants can but so you basically start with 12 CP, or if you feel fancy, you start with 11. 
and that's plenty enough. Because ah uh, yeah yeah another great thing yeah you we talked we talked about fighting on death on the whole army right there's also one great thing when your whole army can heroically intervene six inches that's also great design that yeah all, so especially if those models that just heroically intervened into a charging unit in that heroic intervention deal on average five mortals and then if you strike them they fight you on death and kill you. It's it's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's very interactive and fun. So so in again in our pre-show conversation before Joker joined, uh, I did ask this question, but maybe it's worth reiterating in English. Um, you know, the, the the power of the codex is or power of an army is usually measured in a a context. So in and against. Uh, the existing armies, the top armies right now. So the top armies right now, uh, you've mentioned Castellis already and that you wrecked them. Uh, but then we have what, Tau, we have Stumpy. Oh, poor, poor fishes. Poor so yeah, fishes. tell me tell me about that. I, I don't know if you played that, but tell me about your prediction. What, yeah, what I, like. I spoke a little bit about that with Pumba. And it will surely be fun if you had two heroes that charge through any of your screens have stratagem to ignore Overwatch, and then if you try to fall back, they will actually catch you by consolidating, so you cannot shoot. But yeah, that might not be enough. So also you might have minus six to range of to their shooting, while also outranging them with your boats, that at the same time always cause your broadsides or anything if you have any forests, craters, anything to shoot you on five without rerolls. It's fun. As basically, you should you can only say basically say, yeah, you will have Tau without reels. Dot. <laughs> That's the end. Yeah, the that hits on fives, or ah, if they have ah, ballistic skill of three plus, then on fours. Yeah, so so there's that, and that's it. Basically, it it, it, it sits very well in the meta, and it has a favorable favorable pairing against Kusto, both Kusto and Tau. So. And how about Stampede with, you know, damage reduction, high toughness? We'll see. Uh, on yeah, yeah. Tuesday? We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll play on Tuesday. I think, like, Stampede as one of few armies can actually play into that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that convinced, but we'll check it out. Yeah, the, probably we'll see and then have a conclusion that we don't want to play that game anymore, right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> and take another break. We, we, we'll just... I will be playing Harleys, you will be playing Stampede, and we will be both complaining about Harleys. That sounds yeah, like that, a great that, evening. That may be the case, yes. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, trying to think if, I, if, if, if there is a point in asking any other questions right now. No, Are no, no. There, there might be armies that I would be actually interested to at least see whether they can play into Harleys, because I can imagine maybe Thousand Sons or Army that relies on having Mortal Wounds output to fare well, but more like way better. But at the same time, when I, whenever I think about that, then I think about that Solitaire that ignores Invuls and charges your Terminators and kills half of the squad before you strike back. And I'm like, maybe not. Yeah, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not like it's not like this is uh, a totally unbeatable army. 
uh, it, it still has four plus in vulnerable safe and uh, uh, may struggle with tons, tons of uh, multiple shock units. Uh, but uh, this is, I think this is at this moment, the best you can get in the game. Uh, so every other army will struggle against it. Uh, as I said, uh, most of top armies will have something to be able to to fight with against those hard armies, but they it will be you know like pressing the rock against the hill, pushing the rock against the hill. It's going to mm -hmm. be difficult. Yeah, you will basically need to rely on them failing that four up rerollable invul on on a crucial model, and it will always feel like you're playing against the odds yeah because like that, yeah. because the army like playing against castles right now is a feels bad moment because you rely on i don't know rerolls to make sure that those five yeah. attacks actually do something or you re re rely on high strength etc and same with hardly's like you have an army that relies on good hitting Good shooting nah man no no not really oh you have high volume of uh, small arms fire well if they give troops core you cannot target them anymore because there's a neat one small spell that says like no you cannot shoot that unit so i'm looking forward to it to see how much in like i want the army to get nerfed as soon as possible so I can actually take it out of my cupboard and actually play it without feeling guilty. Without uh, feeling bad about yourself, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you've mentioned the, the Thousand Suns might be a, a counter. How about Grey Knights? Um, they don't <laughs> have that. No, no, they don't have the same amount of mortal wounds. Well, the, the th it's not even about mortal wounds. They simply uh, get out of the table quicker yeah. much quicker uh, they uh, because the space marines with red knights basically uh, those halkins have all the tools to just wipe them out of the face of earth uh, perfect perfect statistics uh, perfect perfect profiles to kill all yeah that, that's one of the pairings that you having strength four or a strength three with high ap without any rerolls or pluses to hit pluses to wound doesn't really hurt you because of your volume of attacks no but uh, honestly uh, that to some extent is also true against uh, uh termin against thousand sins yes uh, so i i just think that it's easier against uh, um uh, knight because uh, they are defensively worse and those things that are defensively better are red knights who die quicker from those uh, anti-vehicle uh, weapons. Yeah, so, because they have strength 12, so they want them onto plus. So they want them to plus, great. and they uh, they just you know take them to invulnerable safe. And if the red knights are able to roll constantly for plus without any stop for two turns, and we have those players in our community that can do that. Then they they do have a chance, but if they start rolling normally, they will get out of the table quickly. Okay, I, th I think some some Drukari lists will be able to 
tackle Harley Quinn as well because Harley Quinn will have some issues, for example, killing grotesques that are unshootable behind the wall. Or 170 ranks. No, that that that, <laughs> that they will. No, no, that's easy. Mate, have you heard our running about Void Weavers? They also have three d three shots with blast. Uh, it's a. It's not mm. like a different weapon. It's a different weapon profile from the same weapon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, don't worry, mate. You, we've got you covered. Mm. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just trying to come up with something. How about knights or renegade knights? Oh boy, no. Yeah, you so have bad. no rerolls, so basically you shoot them with no rerolls against four plus invulnerable save, and you are met back with uh, uh, a lot of lances uh, shooting you back. So, yeah, that's gonna work. And every time you try to kill a troop in close combat, another troop will come in, deal you like 11 mortal wounds, and then just go forward. <laughs> well, as I oh, said okay. before, it's... Yeah. It's not like you don't have any options. Uh, I'm quite sure that if I take any of those armies you mentioned, and if I play against the Halakin army, play by some, you know, not top players, I will probably get that victory. And uh, it, it goes for every good player, every top player. But uh, it, as I said, it's a, it's a struggle. Of almost having every army in the game now, it will be a struggle against Harlequins. It's, it's, it's whoever you're gonna play, even it's a it's a player that you know it's much weaker than you. Uh, you will still be a bit afraid of this pairing because how much this army, how much powerful this army is. Mm. Just what we, we, we were saying about we were saying about all those things about those pairings that hurricanes have an advantage, like it's a, it's a it's a sure win. Well, it is not, but but uh, if hurricanes have all the tools to deal with all those armies, while well, those armies can struggle again a bit against those hurricanes. That's that's what we're saying. Mm -hmm. I, I see myself losing games on like a few unfortunate rolls with Alice, but it's not gonna happen as often with those rerolls. Yeah, I would like to see you actually play uh, Danny and his GSC. That would be yeah, yeah. I tell I tabled him like turn two. Oh, never mind. <laughs> that was easy. But uh, he went first, so he had he killed some. Yeah, ones. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he slowed you down. A little bit. No, no, I'm I'm over exaggerating a bit, but like it was over by turn two. So yeah, it, it's like GSC relies on killing units and then forcing you to actually extend a bit to kill those units. You don't need to extend that much into GSC, but like when your whole army fights on death and you you. You just the, kill a unit of Harleys, or you don't even kill it because they have four plus The basic problem with Chancellor uh, Cards is that fight on death. Mm -hmm. Because uh, to be able to win that pairing, the only possible combination is if you kill shooting Harleykin units with your close combat and kill all the close combat units with your shooting. If in the process of the game something goes in a different direction, then it's gonna be a terrible struggle. Because if you wanna fight those fighting units with your units, then maybe you'll inflict damage, but you'll die in the process. 
So it's a. And it's you might not even kill that unit. Is, like, yeah, it, you might not kill. Ten men pure strains, and you will all, die. So, so it's I, always like, a trade. Mm-hmm. Like I played against Danny, and like ten men pure strain from Helix with uh, their spell, and so, so basically, might from that, beyond killed like seven players, and they fought on death, killed six gene stealers, and I so still had three, three players alive. If hmm. I was to play gene stealers against Halakins, then I will shoot only close combat units, troops, and I will try to uh, get into close combat with uh, bolts with my close combat units. And this is it would be the only option to win the game. The only one. If something goes wrong and the game forces me to charge uh, close combat units with my close combat units, then it's game over. It's, it would be difficult to come back from that. Okay. Did and really yes, can... because obviously, <laughs> if you want to tag Void Weavers, it's worth mentioning that they've got fallback and shoot strat now, right? Yeah, like all others, yeah. Uh, did the Harlequins, because I, I haven't had the chance to like uh, skim through the book, uh, did they get their own missions as well? Oh, yeah, obviously. A great one. Because usually when, when you get a new good mission, it's like Herd the Prey. Mm-hmm. Or something that's already competing against Stranglehold, Engage, etc. But no, Harley's actually got a great mission that's in the same bracket that as to the last and no prisoners. And you might take no prisoners against Necrons, obviously, but against some armies you wouldn't. But that mission is really dumb as well because it's basically hold an objective you didn't hold. And either kill two units in shooting, which you do with Void Weavers, or kill three units in combat, which you do with your characters and the troops, or uh, have a unit in opponent's deployment zone, which you do with any character that slingshots 30 inches from your deployment zone. So, yeah, and, it's another temptation. And you get how much point per turn for that? Three. Three. Uh, so easy. Yeah. And you do it at the end of your turn. So, so basically, yeah. you have four, four different secondaries in one and you can do alternatively one of them to score three points you need to do two out of four ah, so two out of four. okay two out of four but yeah, so, you still uh, do it maybe maybe sometimes you won't do it on on your first turn because you don't want to use that character to kill something in close combat but that's about it yeah that's cool that's nice <laughs> Very so it's Essentially, any Harley list will play that secondary, engage or strangle, and then because you can now run away with your mm, with your shadows here because of CP, you can cast the mental interrogation or ritual, and then fall back, move eight plus d six inches back. I I think there will be a third secondary played as a psychic nice. one against armies that can deny that. This is the most playtested edition ever. It can't and be a mistake. I wouldn't say I would prefer seventh to this, late seventh. No, no, definitely it's, no, 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 no. Not Please, yet. No, 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 no. Eighth edition, the, 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 the end of eighth edition, uh, that was the, the, when the game was the best place in the last few years. Yeah, and I, I think we even had a discussion today on Discord, in our community Discord, that like pre-Dark Eldar, yeah, pre-Dark Eldar. Ninth was, was pretty good. We played a lot of team comps 
back then and it was actually pretty fun there was a lot of viable options and yeah. then it started going downhill real fast real fast yeah now now it's like like you know getting it's falling down screaming come on mm -hmm. yeah right, like so... you mm -hmm. you remember people complaining about that Mac? yeah that was nine months ago <laughs> yeah Right, so uh, some important questions still, I think, although, you, you know, you, you've made the conversation pretty, um, I would say, biased, <laughs> but what, what the is... fuck that means? Why bias? We are completely unbiased. We are so blatantly true with you. We are saying the things that we, we, we're not bind by some agreements in Games Workshop to say some idiotic good things about it. We're telling you how it is. Okay, bias was the wrong word. Completely Maybe one-sided. <laughs> and we even haven't talked about that webway gate that we cannot field in WTC setting. That's also fucking bonkers. <laughs> so that's another thing that is out of the question for us at least. So, yeah, you touched upon the topic that I wanted to, to get to. Uh, do we already have a clarification from WTC on how we field those armies and how this codex is treated? Yeah. I so, mean, does, does taking Craftworld Eldar lock you out of Harlequins and vice versa? Or is that not clarified yet? Difficult. Okay, so it, it has been clarified by Tom that that's how we will be going forward with it. So you either take one or the other, or you take some kind of soup. So yeah. Uh, so you you can't so you have. you won't see that many Craftworld Eldar, I think. Yeah, because well, Harkins will eat everything up. Unless they, they get swallow it everything. Mm -hmm. So, while dancing, so one, while dancing one, one codex one per codex per team is the rule so you can't have both uh and harlequins play played by two players in the team so what, what what do you think about that ruling i i think it's okay it's, it's I, I do think uh, i don't like it uh, in the uh, on the level of um, variety uh, because these are different units and these are different statistics, different profiles, different armies. But on the same time, at the same time, they share a lot uh, stratagems, uh, a lot of rules uh, in the codex, and it kind of makes sense uh, to uh, disallow them to be used by two different players, especially if you um, realize that all the Space Marine variants that got their supplements uh, are also subject to this rule and you can only have one Space Marines even though they have a lot of yeah. different rules. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to cling on to that topic a little bit. Uh, Tifos, when you are going to be arranging sparrings on TTS, for example, with like international sparrings, will you enforce that rule as well? Or will you, uh, you know, ask people to, to have the possibility to use both Craft world and harlequins. So you're asking questions as if you already know the answer. Yeah, it's kind of seems that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, well, the idea is that for the first pairings that we want to test out those armies, I would ask people to play those armies separately. So just for the sake of testing things yeah. out. So we would get more intel, and I think any team that plays with us will also we 
will be kind of glad about it because they will get the same intel. They will see the games. They will get more information. But when we will get closer to the event, first of all, I don't know if we will play more sparings or whether we will want more secrecy in what we field. So, but if not, we'll obviously try to enforce the as clear rules about as WTC does. So we will get more meaningful games in. Yeah. Okay. And with that, I think I'm out of questions. Is there anything else, guys, that you want to talk on, about or touch upon before we wrap this up? Wow, I'm, well. I'm, I'm petrified what Tyrannis will look like. After yeah, yes, yes. James minds think the same. This is exactly what I wanted to say. So uh, as a op I want to say that if you want to end with something optimistic, we can say that there are Tyrannis coming in a month. And uh, if we if only take... Uh, those uh, into consideration, those data sheets that uh, mm -hmm. surface on the internet, we can be pretty sure that Terence is gonna eat everything up, well, destroy the universe, and well, you know, there's gonna be no play, no point playing the game after Terence come out uh, because they will eat everything. So yeah, so them, them, them that's, fighting. That's, that is the optimistic part. Of the the world the... devourer will be back. Yeah, so yeah, I wanted to say that them fighting Harlequins will be like the unstoppable object hitting the immov immovable thing. That's so, like that, yeah. yeah, it will be interesting. Don't bother buying those nine boats quite yet. Yeah. Especially, obviously, if Stampede rules are going to be still in effect when the, uh, after the Codex. Then we have uh, a new Codex with new profiles and Stampede uh, rules. Then I personally think the uh, world will end. That is going to be at the end times, things like that, a game over. <laughs> yeah, but we still don't have all the codexes, right? We, we still missed on card. And uh, I don't know. We'll what... probably get another Space Marine codex before we get guard. Like... And Chaos. <laughs> and Chaos Space Marines. That is so fucking ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. Okay, uh, so listen, I'll I'll wrap this up. Uh, I think uh, we ranted for you ranted <laughs> for long enough. Um, well, and... I hope it was at least Thank fun. You. Oh Thank yeah, you. well, Thank well, you. you know, yeah. I... I've enjoyed myself. Yeah, I wanted to say <laughs> I wrote to Joker yeah. in in the chat in the background, and uh, I, I I said something along the lines like, if you have any other questions, then shoot. And he's like, no, I'm enjoying this too much. So uh, yeah. I, uh, me too. Now, uh, to our listeners, uh, if all the planets align and if everything is fine, next week we will have uh, Fred from the German national team uh, coming along and he will give us his take on the current state of the meta and what the German national team is currently looking for and looking at and what they are testing. So make sure that you tune in because I'm definitely going to try to make it an interesting episode. Um, and yeah, uh, thank well, you to to to, to so our guest. Yeah, you'll have you have Fred you have Fred coming over. Yeah, I'll have yeah, the that. German intel here. <laughs> oh, so we will prepare questions for you. So we, you can come <laughs> along. We, a, we need some information from him about Germany. So, you oh, can yeah. come along. So uh, you know, the more the merrier. <laughs> it's good that you're telling us that. Yep, that the plan. We'll see. As I said, if the planets align, uh, that will probably happen next week. So, okay. uh, yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you for joining. It was very entertaining yeah. to hear to listen it to you. A, it was a pleasure. A very uh, yeah, whining <laughs> and complaining. A pleasure. Yeah, it's, we're we're, it's we're the platform what for you. We are born to do. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just. just 
playing into our stereotypes of the nationality is what we love. It's not a stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> clearly it's not. Yeah, it's just realistic approach. Um, all right, to all our listeners, if you liked what you've heard, uh, make sure that you like and subscribe. Uh, you show us your appreciation in, in YouTube, in Facebook, in the so- other social media that we are in, Instagram, you name it. Um, and yeah, tune in for the next episode because it's going to be an interesting ride as well. Thank you, everyone. And until next time. Cheers.